Hey, guess what? Chicken butt. Hello. No! <laughs> we are on. Did you let me have the first words? No. No, of course not. Darn it. Well, hi, everybody. I did all hi. the hard work of staring at the computer until it started functioning properly. You That's know? such hard work. Now I gotta remember, what was the movie we watched? Yeah, I know, right? It's been so long. <laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast where we have technical difficulties. No, we don't. <laughs> we do, in fact. Okay. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And Grandpa. And for the foreseeable future, welcome to our final episode of If I Ran the Oscars, because we have caught up to the present <laughs> day. In fact, we had to delay for a week. Because we got to the Oscars before the Oscars did. Yeah. Uh, you, of course, will hear this a good month after the Oscars because we record on a delay just in case. But here we are looking at one film from the 2022 Academy Awards and what it won for and other things associated with it. We will not worry too much about the drama that happened at the Academy Awards. That's for a different podcast. That's yeah, being right. taken care of. But we need Sorry, people those, to know that this yeah. is always chosen at random. At, at yeah. least one of us that doesn't even know who Will is. What was his name? Will Deal? Will Smith. Will Smith. Who is Will Smith? So, so he's the Fresh yeah. Prince. So, the, the fun facts from this year that are actually fun facts. The best picture is the first film distributed by a streaming service to win Best Picture. First film featuring predominantly deaf actors. One of the guys in it is the first male deaf actor to win the Oscar. And in fact, the reason why we have to specify male deaf actor is that a female deaf actor has won an Oscar. And she was also in the movie. That's uh, Marley... Was she really? Marley Matlin. Yeah. Oh, Marley yeah. Matlin. Well, I guess She's that would make West sense. Wing. Yes. Oh, she was yeah. in yeah. West Wing. And... Yep. I... Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember uh, when I talked about uh, the there are two pairs of actors who have won the award for the same role in different movies? You mean like the Joker? I mean like the Joker, and I mean like uh, Don Corleone in Godfather movies? And West Side Story. And now West Side Story. Ah. And in fact, uh, this is the point where they got the same award. The other ones, they split it between... Best actor and best supporting actor. Oh, okay. But in this one, they are they were both supporting actor roles. Mm-hmm. Actress, sorry. Yes. And for having a, it got best director, and that's it. Oh. Yep. But we didn't watch that. We in fact high rolled and watched the movie with the most awards. Okay. And because usually the movie that has the most awards has all the technical ones, it was all the technical <laughs> based on a book. A book that... Grandpa, do you own this book? I do. That is generally how movies go, yeah. Yeah, that's probably very true. Yeah. The book is credited by some as... Well, I don't think we need to say it's credited as... It's the world's best-selling science So, you know, good there. Mm -hmm. The film was original... As soon as filmmakers looked at it and went, Ah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, we well, should make oh, yeah. that. We should make this a new one. Where apparently the film director Alejandro Jodorowsky? Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. I'm going to let you try that. Either way, he apparently wanted to make a 14-hour epic and not cut anything out. Well, that's about what it would take. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, 
This did not happen. Because who wants to watch a 14-hour movie? In 1984, David Lynch put together a movie. And it Mm -hmm. was kind of actually not great. Okay. (laughs) We haven't uh, gotten around to watching it here for comparison. But uh, it's not quite, you know, classic enough to be a cult classic. Sure. It's kind of just... Until now, it was the Dune movie, and you didn't have other options. There was a Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. Really? Yes, and that one generally performed, I mean, better than the first movie. But then this one came around and has gotten extremely positive reviews on it in multiple categories. Mostly technical, Mm because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's not really been a Sci-Fi movie that's had a script or a plot that really makes it shine that boldly. Yeah, don't get me started. This is better than Star Wars. See? I said yeah. don't get me started. Yeah. That's why I said it. We have a whole pile of people to talk about in this one. Boy, howdy, are there people in this movie. So, let's start off with Nicholas Cage. I mean, Timothy Chalamet. Maybe <laughs> Chalamet, he is, in fact, yeah, French. probably. French? Well, he's not French. He's American, but his last name is French. Hmm. Uh, he is pretty current as far as uh, if you want to have a, you know, good-looking, good-acting teenager in your movie, mm-hmm. he's the guy you call. Uh, he and, and you said he was 24 when the film was Yes, made? he's 26 now. So. Yeah. Uh, he got kind of a good start being in Interstellar, which I hear was a good movie. Oh. Yeah, it had its moments for yeah. sure. And then there's the movie Call Me By Your Name in 2017, which I also hear was reasonably good. Not my genre, because that one is a lovey-dovey drama movie. Well, I didn't watch it either. But then he was in Lady Bird and Little Women. So, you know. What? Did okay. Okay. Off screen, he has been described in the media as a sex symbol and a fashion icon. <laughs> and... Kid looks and sounds like Nicolas Cage, and I can't unsee it now. <laughs> it's uncanny. A young Nicolas Cage. That's, he, he's not related, and yep. I don't know how he got that way. <laughs> but he plays uh, the main character who, uh, for whom the spice will flow, but probably in the next movie. Uh, his mom is played by Rebecca Ferguson, who... Started off her acting career on a Swedish soap opera, but wow. then has been in some mission. Yeah, of the mission. She got started in the four. Is Rogue Nation the third or the fourth one? Oh man, I think it was at least the fourth. Oh, it's the fifth one. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, at least the fourth. I can't keep track anymore. I but, don't think I've seen them all. But also, she was in Men in Black International, which stunk out loud. Yeah, and. The film version of the musical The Greatest Showman, which has some slapping music. and I've seen that. That yeah. one's good. That's got Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron singing, and we put yeah. thumbs up to that. Yeah. Oh, well, they did well. I thought it was acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to, we need to start making a big list of people who were in Marvel movies. Well, you go ahead, because I don't know start with... Well, I think there are three, right? Oh, there's more than three. There's more than three. Oh, there's more okay. than three. We're going to start with Oscar Isaac, who has more names Isaac. after that, but he is known professionally as Oscar Isaac. The Hernandez Estrada is cut is dropped off. Oh, okay. Uh, he got his big start... Well, his main start was 
getting an Australian actor award in a movie called Balibo or Balibo, one of the two. Uh, but then he was in a Coen Brothers movie in 2013 called Inside Lewin Davis. So got nominated for a Golden Globe for that. Then he was in Ex Machina, which I am yeah, a I huge fan that. of. He's the tech genius in that movie. There's like four. I can't there's visualize. There's like four characters in that movie. Yeah, I know. I can't visualize. I guess I didn't. No. I haven't watched it recently. Then he was, if I'm remembering my characters correctly, the bad guy in X Men Apocalypse, okay. which is hard to detect because if he is that character, he's under an enormous amount of makeup. Yeah. But then he was in the Star Wars movies. He's Poe Dameron. He's the fighter pilot guy. Okay. Oh, don't you? If you say so. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you know what? Now, you now it's coming to me. There yeah, you go. I'm thinking, yep, yep. That is the guy. Now, technically, the X Men movies, while a Marvel property, are not produced in the standard Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh oh. So. So you can't count them. But we can because Moon Knight just came out. Oh, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> and he's the main character. In okay. That. All right. I'll give you that. Okay, so, Josh Brolin. Yeah. Also in the Marvel movies, this one's less ambiguous. No, he was kind of a bad guy. So, Josh Brolin's been in a lot of stuff, uh, in, including The Goonies. <laughs> like, eons ago. That's ridiculous. And No Country for Old Men, which we'll mention again. Uh-huh. And True Grit. And Men in Black 3, he replaced... How old is he? Uh, he, 54 okay. He was in the new True Grit uh, Sicario Which we're going to mention a few more times Because the director of Dune did Sicario as well uh, Deadpool 2 Which is technically a Marvel movie I guess so Yeah, But then also he's Thanos In the Marvel movies Guardians of the Galaxy Avengers Age of Ultron Avengers Infinity War And Avengers Endgame you shouldn't talk that fast. It's bad, for you. <laughs> it's bad for you. He's a large purple man with CGI stubble. Yeah. With what? He has he his character is computer generated, and oh. the level of detail they have is he is a he's a large purple alien, and there are scenes where you zoom in and you can see his alien stubble. You're still talking about Josh Brolin? Yes. Still talking about Josh okay. Brolin, when yes. You, whenever you talk about Josh Brolin, I think in my mind I see his father. Well. James James Brolin. Yeah, we played on, I'm just you know, telling you, that's what happens. Television. Because I'm old, that's know. why I, th- All right. I well, think it Television that. doctor movies. Well, we can go to Stellan Skarsgård. We could go to Stellan Skarsgård. Who is known possibly best for being in The Hunt for Red October. Ooh, what was his role there? Captain Victor Tupolov. Oh, yes. He was Tupolov. Mm-hmm. He wow. Was, he was also in Goodwill Hunting. He was yep. also in Ronin, which I hear was a pretty decent movie. Yeah, I thought it was pretty well done. He was in a 2004 version of King Arthur. Okay. He's in Exorcist. The beginning in 2004. I, he was... I no, assume, not 2004. That's not the beginning of The Exorcist. Yeah, but there's a movie in 2004 called Exorcist The Beginning. Oh, oh, oh It's I a see. prequel to The Exorcist. Oh, great. And the fourth one. <laughs> I thought he was in the original, but maybe he, I'm he's not. About that. He's been in two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He was, uh, he was father 
coming yeah. from uh, yeah yeah he's the in Underworld, Mamma Mia, and the sequel in 2018. Okay, he's in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Ooh. and in one, two, three, four Marvel movies as a guy with no superpowers. <laughs> he didn't have superpowers. He was he's um, doc- he's, a, he's a science doctor. Yeah, he's a science dude. Yeah. And in this movie, he's a big fat guy. <laughs> he's pretty big. That's true. Hey, guess what? We're still talking about Marvel movies. It's, it's oh, talking about David Marvel Michael movies. Batista Jr. Oh Please, yeah. David stop. Michael Batista. Okay. <laughs> uh, he is most prominently known for being a professional wrestler size of a house. Yeah. He's an enormous man. Is that why he got this part? Uh, well, he's transitioned away from the wrestling, but yeah, he has done a pretty decent job of transitioning from fake fighting on a stage to fake fighting in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's in the Marvel movies as Drax the Destroyer. He fought against Josh Brolin. Uh. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. And in this movie, uh, he fights with, he, no, he fights against Josh He fights Josh against Brolin. Josh Brolin again. Yeah. But they've switched good guy, bad guy roles. Uh, okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, most of his uh, Wikipedia page talks about his time as a wrestler. His wrestling name was very creative. It was Batista. Oh. But, fun fact, not spelled like his last name. <laughs> because... His last name is B-A-U-Tista. And his yeah. wrestling name was B-A-Tista. Yeah, okay. He just took a letter out. I. Uh, but he's been in, he was in movies starting, you know, in 2006, and he was in good movies as early as 2012. Uh, he was in Spectre. Mm. He was in oh, Blade yeah. Runner 2049. Okay. Uh, and in fact, Blade Runner 2049, same director as Dune. Okay. So, you know, that's how we get him there. Hey, we're not done with Marvel movies yet. Oh, <laughs> really? Stop! We're just going to keep going. No, it's, no. It's Zendaya. She has three more names, but she's professionally known by her first name. No. She's done a few things. She got her start in a Disney Channel sitcom. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is just a head She competed in the 16th season of Dancing with the Stars. Okay. She was in The Greatest Showman. And then, you know, she was Mary Jane Watson in the new Spider-Man movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother. She also has a, mu- a music career. Huh. Because of course she does. Hey, guess what? We're not done. Yeah, we're done talking about Marvel movies. At least <laughs> for a while. At least for a while. We'll come back to that later, I think. But we there are still more people in here that we've dodged and are important to talk about. The Doctor in this movie, who's in it for like, what? Ten minutes total, if we're being generous. Oh, uh, Mr. Chen. Chen yes. Chen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is, in fact... A real doctor? No. Oh. He is a kung fu man. Mm-hmm. What did I see him in that I'm... He was playing... He's in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, he's in like some other stuff, person? too. He's been in some stuff. What was the other thing I was thinking of? Um, I'm trying to find it, and I can't find it's, it. It's a lot of... Chinese, it's a lot of Chinese movies. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that he was in Crouching Tiger is kind of a big deal. Yep. Uh, let's see. Why did I pull up th- this? Why did I pull up Charlotte Rampling? Oh, 
She's about 150 years old, I think. Uh, she's only 76. Only 76. But she is the old Benny Gesserit lady. Oh, yes. I. Uh, she, I, got to her start in the mid-60s. She's the Reverend Mother? She's the Reverend Mother. Yeah, let me guess that she started on stage. Oh, probably. Oh, if you guys yeah. ever saw her doing and didn't read the book, or, did, or you saw her old joint, that's where you knew what Bene Gesserit was. Okay. They I said gotta, it in here. We, they said it in this movie all the time. Dan, I think we have to sneak a little bit of almost yeah. Marvel Universe in here because she was in... The Avengers, the TV series. Ah, in yeah. In the that's, 60s. That's, <laughs> that's not even close. Well, she makes a great Ben of Jesuit. Yeah. Yeah, she did well. She but yeah, she, she's done yeah. all sorts of stuff. Uh, hey, we're going to be, we're done talking about Marvel movies, but we can talk about DC movies now. Yay. No, stop it. It's Joseph Jason Namakaya Momoa. Stop. Uh, no. <laughs> he, he is, in fact, Quite Hawaiian. He uh, was in the sci-fi series Stargate Atlantis for a couple of years. Then this little thing that people have heard of called Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then he's then he's been Aquaman. What? He's he's Aquaman. Go back far enough. He was in Baywatch. Baywatch Hawaii. <laughs> the short-lived TV show Baywatch Hawaii. Pretty funny. But yeah. Uh, Jason Momoa is another very large man, and it's very weird to see him without a beard in this movie. He usually has a beard. Hey, I was certain Javier Bardem had been in a Marvel movie, and I was proven wrong. He's... I did not recognize him. They Javier did, Bardem? They did a very... Uh, he doesn't usually have that much of a beard, and they were making his face look taller. He and he had thin. really blue eyes. Well, the blue eyes is also a thing. <laughs> well, that's because he—that's because he's like high on the spice all the time. Uh, yeah, I know. But we knew his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recognize his voice. He, I uh, got the Academy Award in No Country for Old Men, which we've mentioned. But he's been in some things like Skyfall. He was—he was a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, what did I do there? I don't Next know. button, man. We're still. I'm this. I've still got a couple more guys to go through here. David Dost Malkane. Dost Dost Malkane. That's probably right. He's Persian. He's the sort of like tall, skinny Harkonnen guy who is goes to talk to the guys on the army planet. He's in this movie for like two minutes. He's in uh, Marvel Studios Ant Man. <laughs> He's also in DC's The Suicide Squad. He's also in DC's The Dark Knight. He's also in Blade Runner 2049. All these He's nerd also on the CW's The Flash. Oh my goodness. You are just in heaven, aren't you? It's the thing that happens now is people are in Marvel movies. If you're a relatively, you know, reliable actor, you're going to end up in a Marvel movie. Now we have Babs something, and this one does not have a pronunciation guide, and they're from... Uh, Alusin Moken. Yep, they're from Nigeria, and I wasn't going to try it. Yeah. And they're not in this movie much, but I yeah. did... They are there, Janus. Yeah. They have an accident in this movie. Uh-oh. Uh, however, I did think that it was worth mentioning them for the representation. Not as someone from Nigeria, but as someone who is going to play a part... In the upcoming series, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Because we've talked about superhero movies too much, we must mention Star Trek. 
There's a couple Star Trek representatives. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, there's a lot of little parts. The voice of the uh, e-books that he's listening to at the start of the movie is the film's editor. How about that? Who we're going to be talking about because it won for film editing. Okay. So, as someone who has not read Dune, I appreciated the way that this movie, and I assume the source material to some extent, does not wave its hands and go, it's magic. Mm -hmm. The movie feels like someone was told a setting and had to figure out how the setting worked. And and the, there's some science in there. Yeah, it's all reasonable. If you're on a desert planet, you need to conserve water. We do not have the magic oasis where all the water is that saves everyone's life. No, figure that figure it out. You know, the wor- mm-hmm. how do the how do the worms work? The worms make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just say the crystals do it like Star Wars and Star Trek. They both work on magic crystals. No one asks questions. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of the exposition dump at the beginning. How were else are they going to get us? But they up had to they speed. had and they did better after that. There was a few minutes of exposition dump and then they did a lot of very good uh, show don't tell after that. So, I can forgive them a bit. It is uh, worth noting for getting the movie made that they I uh, revived the desire to make this movie after Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Yeah. Because suddenly they realized, oh, you know, if we actually put some darn effort into it, you can make really good movies based on books. Uh, but it did take them a while to get it figured out because the director, Denis Villeneuve, he's, he's, he's French-Canadian. His last name is not mm-hmm. English. Uh, he had to finish doing his other projects. Like Arrival in Blade Runner 2049, at which point he had figured science fiction out and could make this movie. Okay. So, yeah, good there. His editor is, well, he, he had brought on basically all of his Arrival in Blade Runner folks to work on this movie. The first one is Joe Walker is the film editor, and in fact, what we rolled randomly for our category. So... Oh. So now I, could, I should pay attention. So now we should pay attention. What do we think about the overall editing of the film? And this is going to be... I've recently watched a thing about film editing, so I've, I have started to retain some uh, thinkology on it. Because there's two yeah. types of editing. Good editing and bad editing. Well, yes, but there is shot to shot and scene to scene. Mm-hmm. So within a scene, there's the editing between camera angles... And scene to scene, there's the editing between... Like when it cuts from one scene to yeah. the next. How do you properly convey that you're going somewhere else? Things like that. Or that time has passed, or things like that. And this movie did win for editing. I don't think there... This this movie definitely was not pushing boundaries of... Uh, new... New film, uh, new film technologies in that regard. I don't think there was ever a point where I was confused as to what was happening. No. And that's saying something because there were a lot of dreams. Yeah. That's really true. And it was never unclear whether I was in a dream or not. I think they did a pretty good job of figuring out a way to visual. Mm -hmm. There was a different, uh, different color aspects and things like that. Brightness and contrast aspects that made the dream. Yeah. Special effects wise, the 
there was the kind of lens flare refraction yeah. of particles in the air for when spice was happening. Yeah. So, but that's probably more special effects. Uh, this guy, mm-hmm. Joe Walker, worked on uh, 12 Years a Slave, Arrival, Blade Runner, Dune, uh, and Sicario, and Shame. So, you know, yeah, done of, some good movies there. Right. Uh, we are going to be talking about makeup at some point here. I don't think it's our first bonus one. It's not. Our first bonus one is supporting actress. So I think that's the mom. I think the mom would be our supporting actress in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I, um, it seemed like an adequate job. It didn't seem like there was a an extreme amount of emotion yeah. needed portrayed. She was not nominated. And in fact, no one in this movie was nominated for their role in acting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Javier Bardem was nominated for a different movie. Hmm. But hmm. I think that with... Uh, West Side Story coming around and I hear doing pretty well. A movie mm-hmm. about the Williams sisters, the tennis mm-hmm. pros. Yeah. Uh, Belfast, I hear, was a, a kind of a big deal. Like, this was not going to be a good year for you to compete in the supporting actors category if your role was... In, was you know, For acting. Yeah, you didn't win. For Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. We saw and enjoyed very much. But... This is something that comes up a lot with ensemble sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the Avengers can get as many technical awards as it wants, but you're never going to get an acting award for being in an ensemble sci-fi movie. It's just not going to happen, and you kind of know that going in. Anyways, and I believe this one is one that we actually have some things to talk about. It's production design. How do we feel about the set? Mm. Well, you said it was monochromatic at one point, Patrick. I did. The, it's the, very dirty. The uh, yeah, the on-site uh, CG site that they were in, but everything was big. Mm-hmm. All well, at least the it sets, made us... all the all the stuff, the places they were were big, or it looked big. Yeah. Well, yeah. The I mean, magic obviously, of you know, the the ships were big that they were flying in the. The buildings were big, tall, volume spaces. So the it was really interesting how it made the people feel very small. Or maybe it felt like there were a lot of people. When there were also a lot of small details on choices of how things were designed that helped you identify what was important and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. Things like that. It felt very consistent, yeah. too, throughout the film. Uh, unsurprisingly, it won for production design because they did a darn good job. Uh, among the people that worked on it is a guy by the name of Patrice Vermette, and he also worked on Arrival, for which he was nominated. Hmm. And he's received nominations for the young Victoria as well. Uh, he worked on Sicario and Vice, and yeah, this movie... It's kind of a big deal. Uh, what's crazy? Coming of That's age, Canadian coming of age drama. He got Canadian awards for that one. But then, yeah, he, he worked on Dune and kind of won for that. Yeah. Our last one, makeup. How do we feel about the makeup in this movie? Um, some of it was pretty extraordinary, but it wasn't crazy like, oh boy, it was a clear win in yeah. my mind. Yeah, and there it wasn't all over the place. It wasn't... 
doing a lot necessarily is mostly the Harkonnen guys. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, the blue eyes is contact lenses. That's not that impressive. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated. Uh, among the makeup guys is Donald Mowat, who is best known for his work on The Fighter. So we've technically seen him before, but also Skyfall hmm. and Eight Mile, a movie that I still think we should have watched for this podcast just for the experience, but that's okay. And the upcoming Moon Knight. Ah, uh, <laughs> Moon Knight, which was mentioned previously. It was, in fact. But I think from a technical aspect, this movie overperformed. And I, and I think it has some story going for it, and so I think it makes it an interesting watch. Yeah. I accept that... It may stray from the source material, yeah. but also the source material was written 60 years ago. And so what was appropriate then is not appropriate now type of thing. So well, uh, well, don't you think it, a good story is still a good story? Yeah, and you know the base of the story can be there, but there can be various changes to how you get through the story. Well, do you think it really has to? I mean, they didn't have to do that with Hobbit. Yeah, they, they did that a ton with Hobbit. They, Changed the story? Yeah. They did a lot to the Hobbit. The Hobbit okay. movies were not as good. Okay. You're Lord, thinking of Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. And that one, you're right. That's why those movies were four hours long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am not a, personally a fan of cliffhanger endings to movies that we know are getting sequels. Well, yeah. Because it makes the movie feel like it hasn't ended properly. Especially when a character looks at the camera and says, this is only the beginning. That's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's kind of overdone, I thought. <laughs> no. It's not as bad really? as Pirates of the Caribbean 2, which ended with a character who we thought was dead show up and say, <laughs> all right, it's time, all right, boys, I'm back. And yeah. then they started the credits. Yeah. That's or Avengers, I uh, the Avengers, uh, uh, not Age of Ultron. It's Infinity War is the one. That's the one that Josh Brolin was in, where it ends with the heroes lost, and then the movie is done. It's not even necessarily time for the heroes to regroup from their loss. The heroes lose, and then the movie is over. That's just bad. And. You know, my grumbles about how quickly the heroes stopped losing in the next movie aside, it's something that as a, you know, amateur writer, I sometimes struggle with where if you're trying to write like a chapter, the chapter really should feel like it got something done. And it got you to a point where if you only read one chapter today, yes, you could be done. And you should also want to read the next one. But if you stop, you shouldn't have to think, well, I have to read the next one because I don't, this one didn't end properly. Mm. Uh, TV shows sometimes have that problem, which is why you end up with tune in next week to find out how this episode ends. And we're going to have to tune in two years from now to see how this episode ends. Yeah. Right. That's a bit of a wait. I assume that it will end well, and everyone will be fine, and Dave Bautista and the fat guy will die, and the worms will be cool. And You'll know that. in 2023. We will know in 2023. Or we could read the book. It offers no, this, this chapter is here. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, first half of the book done. Yeah. So, yeah, 
I agree. I am not familiar with this material, but I really don't like the way it, it ended. Mm-hmm. Bleh. I, Thumbs down. A technical fact that hasn't come up because we didn't need to necessarily talk about it. They considered putting bombs in the Middle East to blow up the sand to make it look like the worms were coming out. Not a good idea. And they said, hold on. So instead they used fancy software and they had the sand mimic the motion of water. Mm -hmm. And in order to get the sounds right, they didn't want to have it sound like a soundstage. So the uh, term they use here is fake documentary realism, including going to Death Valley where the sand's moving around and using an underwater microphone. Okay. Which records not with air vibration, but with, like, solids vibration. Because when you put it underwater, it doesn't detect Mm -hmm. waves in air, it detects waves of water. So they, like, stuck it in the sand, and they recorded the sound of sand moving. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know. Uh. This isn't quite to Star Wars level of cobbling together noises. No, that's true. But, you know... You know, what does a what does a sandworm sound like? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta make something up. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Anything else from people? Uh, well, this... don't think I have anything. I don't know, this is our last one. Yeah, this is our last one. This is it. It's been a good run. Yeah. I still We've watched have... some some movies that were really great. We've watched a couple of ones that were Really great for only one particular slim aspect. Yeah. And otherwise, not worth watching. What was and, it? Uh, I, I, I'm thinking through and I'm trying to think what was my favorite one of all favorite. of the movies. Ooh. My favorite one of all the movies? Um, one Hard with really say. great costumes. <laughs> Hard to say. I mean, I mean there's, there's a few with their really good costumes. But I have to tell the one that sticks out in my mind as the one that surprised me the most was Ed Wood. Ed Ed Wood was surprisingly good. Yeah. That surprised me the most out of all the films that we watched, um, just because of its, the subject matter, as well as the way that the film mimicked the Ed Wood stuff. I think technical aspect, I'm going with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. But I think for movie that's just felt... Like it was a good movie while watching it, and it didn't stop. I'm gonna go for On the Waterfront, mm-hmm. where it just was a good movie, and then yeah. it was a good movie until the credits. Yeah, right, right, the whole way through. Yep, yeah, acting good. Yeah, I think you. I that's one that really stood out, and I had not viewed it before. No, well, well, I learned an awful lot. Yep, just in the uh, the ones with you guys. And, and I watch, I watch mm-hmm. films differently. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. now. I think for With Grandpa, we focus. might we might be able to into into it that his would be Dances with Wolves. Well, here, yeah, here again, you know, I, I if I if I may critique this movie, I didn't hear any music. It was all bombastic stuff, yes. you know, but uh, there was no no theme, no no theme, right? No melody, schematic, yeah, schematic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to hear something. Other than sand blowing. Yeah, and, and, and deep, low, we were trying to figure out how did they do those low noise, those yeah. low frequencies. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you're doing with a double B. I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't watch The Power of the Dog. 
That would have been an interesting one. It would have been a disappointment yeah. in several ways. Yeah. Not right. the least of which was music. Right. Yeah. Well, for the, one more time, we want to thank the Academy for doing its job and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. Stay tuned. We're going to come up with another project. Well, it'll take a while. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.